live television, not carried on um, live television. Let me see this. Uh, A couple of stories right now. A quarter of all patients at Rhode Island Run Hospital at RI Run Hospital test positive for COVID. So it's a a quarter, 25% of all patients they're claiming are there for COVID. That's what they claim anyway. I know some people are saying it's a little bit less. But I want to play um, a couple of things. Uh, Governor McKee also is deploying the National Guard to help out at Butler Hospital. So apparently that that is a problem. He he is rejecting anything that suggests bringing back any of the frontline workers who lost their jobs because they would not get vaccinated. He he was asked about that today and shot it down immediately. So that is uh, definitely not helping. It is interesting. I didn't even, uh, this is the first I'm hearing that they've had a problem at Butler Hospital. So um, <clears throat> they're going to support uh, Butler. He was asked how come they're not helping some of the others. So 60 National Guard are going to be deployed to Butler Hospital on the east side of Providence. Another 20 will be deployed to help with testing. So um, let's see. The average, the, the Governor McKee is now saying the average test is 48 hours. He said the t- state tested the equivalent 17% of the population last week. State's testing rate to be the highest in the country, twice as much per capita as the next state. McKee said state also received 100,000 home rapid COVID tests. Um, by comparison, Massachusetts announced they ordered 26 million tests. Rhode Island has 100,000 tests. So we're not in the the same ballpark. Now, I'm seeing that the CDC is weighing in on these masks. They certainly don't want you to use the cloth masks anymore. But I saw this piece, I think on NBC10. They're really now stressing that they feel that more people should be using a more effective mask. This was the uh, story in NBC guidelines. Health check and Barbara Moore's follows uh. up on that. Barbara? Yeah, Gene. As the science evolves, so do the recommendations. And while the CDC has made no new recommendations, it may be poised to do so. And that may include recommending N95, which are surgical grade masks, or KN95 masks, both of which reportedly filter out 95% of those tiny viral particles. Problem is, it's hard to find an N95, and the CDC reports more than half of the KN95 masks on the market, well, they're counterfeit. So what about those multi-layer surgical masks? An infectious disease specialist at Lifespan says there are effective workarounds, like wearing a cloth mask over a surgical mask. But it's, it's that the cloth mask over the surgical mask presses it closer to your face. So there's fewer open areas. The other thing people can do with the surgical mask, you can go online and buy what's called a mask brace. Kind of a funny term, but it's something that fits over the mask, but again, that fits it closer to your face. What they're trying to do is cover those gaps on the side of the mask. Now, at this point, no official new recommendations from the CDC, but certainly some steps you can take to better protect yourself from this highly contagious variant, even perhaps future variants. For more on this story, including which masks currently meet approval here in the U.S., go to turn2ten.com. Live in the studio, I'm Health Check 10 reporter Barbara Moore. All right, so nice, nice uh, report there by Barbara Mosilla. You know, it's also interesting, folks, is anyone, if you're ever near a school, incredible the number of masks uh, the, the kids just throw down. I mean, the, the litter of the masks is brutal. I think one time, so, you know, I, not in this type of weather, but when it's a little bit uh, warmer, I enjoy running. And as I was going to go for a run, I go right near, right by a school. And then one of the times I, I had been seeing them. So I brought a little... Uh, bag to then, and I had gloves on, and just the portion that I walked, I think I, I think I picked up twelve masks, and then obviously like threw them away. So that is um, is a huge problem. They they haven't, you know, talked about how they um, what what could be done about that. But that's what's going on with the schools. I'll also say this about the schools that. 
um, that that Governor McKee did not say that kids should go to distance learning. He did not say that as much as the schools, some of the unions are pushing for it, that they should go to distance learning. So now I did get an email from Ryan that said, one, could you again play some of Rand Paul going at it with Dr. Fauci? Yeah, I, I, I will do that. I'll do that. Um, I will play that coming up. The, the um, How about hundreds of unvaccinated city of San Diego employees are facing termination due to the vaccine mandate? And that might be 400 police officers. Now, Providence, I think it's 80 police officers. Um, but th- that, that cannot, I mean, that just can't be allowed to happen. And if anything... You know what just doesn't make sense is what doesn't make sense is, as many of you know, people people that have been vaccinated and even have the booster are still getting COVID. Um, whether it's the lieutenant governor or or AOC or others. So if people that are vaccinated are still getting COVID and granted maybe mild symptoms, but you know, that's the part they've never fully explained. Then, then why, if people are saying I'm choosing not to get the vaccine. And for those that are against it, I'm sensing that the administration is starting to loosen up on that. I mean, it's, People, you, you know, if there are people listening and it's really important them not to get it, I, I, I know some people think it's going one way. I think it's going the other. Uh, what I noticed today was just even at the McKee briefing, the Rhode Island uh, Governor McKee briefing, that I think they're starting to just say, if you don't want to get it, then, then don't get it. Like you are making the choice to do it. As long as... As long as, uh, what do I have a problem with? I have a problem we hear COVID patients unvaccinated in the hospital start begging to get the vaccine. You can't get it. It's too late. I hate the stories of the obese COVID patients who are even, you know, dying on the ventilator and and begging for the vaccine. Listen, if you're not going to get it, you're not going to get it. But they can't be any of this flip-flop or these people that then no one, no one should be allowed to sue or take legal action, I should say, if they get COVID, if they chose not to get the vaccine. That cannot happen. Um, I thought Rand Paul, and it got a lot of play, but Senator Rand Paul going after with Dr. Fauci. There's a lot of people that were cheering them on because they're, they're two doctors. Now, granted, um, you know, R- Rand Paul is in a much different, Senator Paul, I should say, than a much different uh, situation of um, than Dr. Fauci is. But still, boy, this is interesting. Some cannabis compounds can block the virus from entering cells. That's interesting. I also, I knew of a, Robert Brown of Cranston, ID'd as the driver, killed in a deadly wrong-way crash um, on Route 1 in Charlestown yesterday. What if it's the same one? I don't know. All right. I know I did get a request. Someone said, could you once again play Rand Paul going after it, going after uh, Dr. Fauci with that? And the answer is I, I, I said I would play it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to play the full thing. But I'll play in the beginning where he uh, really set up, I thought, set the stage and set the table with the way he went after. This is uh, Rand Paul with Dr. Fauci. mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official like yourself who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear, 
and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. Immediately, this is takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, Magazine. No, no, no. I think in usual fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you ever object to Dr. Collins' characterization of them as friends? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not friends, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath I, me I did not do that. You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article in Wired, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I got him, I nailed him, and Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You did. you go again. That you was just did the same thing every year. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down people. You're incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect. Almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny. You deny. Right. But the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who did disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Dazak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. Seventeen signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, was from the lab? Me. What did I you did, talk with any of those see, scientists privately? You keep distorting the truth. It is, it is you talk, how you, you do talk that? to any of the scientists privately? Yes. You wrote the opinion. You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, let me explain. You know, you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it, you're completely turning it around. As most of the scientists that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let a response to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? Do you think it's a great success what's happened? So far, do you think you, the lockdown said, good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. Do you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask, get boosted, 
And you've advocated to make it coercive. You've advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. So, again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because right. this, this happens all the time. You personally attack me. And with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of three was, prominent was epidemiologists was not political? You don't want me that to finish question. You know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator, Were you political in taking Senator, down by the three point, prominent epidemiologists? Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow this, uh, the, Dr. Fauci to respond. We have a number of senators yeah. who would like to ask questions, and I would like him to be able to respond. Yeah. Please do so. so the last time we had a committee of the time before, he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people, which is really irresponsible. And I say, why is he doing that? There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two. What happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life threats upon my life, harassments of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Now, you know, I guess you could say, well, that's the way it goes. I can take the hit. Well. It, it, it makes a difference because, as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago, on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C. to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. So I ask myself, why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing that your I colleagues think, and in a politically reprehensible the only way thing that I their reputation. Okay, you won't we, defend it. No, you won't no, argue it. I'm just sorry, simply but we're going to continue this hearing. We yeah. have a number of questions. Just one, one more minute. Please, well, Dr. My, Fauci, I, I really appreciate your response, but we do have a number of, of questions from senators, and we do have a second round, and I'm being asked to make sure that we everybody has their time. So thank you. Thank Folks, you again, much. I want to... Um, Boy, Senator Paul is just relentless with the way he goes after Dr. Fauci. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, 125 on this uh, sunny, you know, it's actually a little milder out. I was just checking here in the forecast after the one o'clock news. And I was just checking, uh, yeah, right now. All right. it It's still colder. It feels like 32, but I'm seeing it's about 40 degrees outside, which is pretty decent. And then Saturday just looks like a brutally cold, cold day. And that should be the last one for a while. But this portion of the program is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Um, last night, there was an attempted robbery and the store clerk shot the person that took and brought a knife and was attempting to rob the individual. So I encourage you at 125 on this Wednesday, 126, a visiting competition shooting supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Call them at 401-727-1716. 401-727-1716. Firearms, ammunition, accessories, competition shooting supplies. Also, look for them on Facebook. And as I've said in the past, John, he's my gun guy. John Francis does a, um, he, do, he does a very good job with the Facebook page of people giving people an update on exactly the inventory that he has um, 
come in. I want to play some different. We have a lot of sound to get to. Let's start with this is Joy Reid on MSNBC. Now, I want to play this and I, I want you to recognize what would be the reaction if they were saying this about people who are obese. So she's proposing unvaccinated Americans should pay more into the system. No one will address the number of obese people that have clogged up the system. You know, there are people that are obese. There are people that don't exercise. There are people that are smokers. There are people that do serious drugs. There are people that drink too much. Why is it that you're going to single out those that are unvaccinated? So, but I want to play because this is the mindset. And I believe this, this talk of doing this in Canada, but this is Joy Reid of MSNBC. Um, let's see, right here. Here we go. Because at some point, I feel like people who are willfully unvaccinated, fine, don't get vaccinated. But they need to start to pay a little bit more of the cost of what this is doing to our system. Uh, there are fines that, that, are, uh, that are levied in places like Germany. Germany has stopped paying for the tests, the virus tests for people who choose to be unvaccinated. They've ended quarantine pay for those without vaccinations. IKEA, the company, is slashing sick pay for unvaccinated UK workers. If you are a smoker, insurance companies can charge you more. They can charge you a premium of up to 50%, and you have to put that on the form when you apply for insurance. At some point, don't we have to make people who are just saying, I'm willing to take the risk to be unvaccinated, take the risk for me and take the risk for everyone I come in contact with. Shouldn't they have to pay more into the system because they are collapsing our health system? They're the ones in the ERs. They're taking it up. If you have a stroke or you have a heart attack, you can't get in the ER because they're taking up all the beds. So shouldn't they have to pay more? You know what's outrageous about this is, let's face it, folks, the, the average age of the people that are dying of COVID are, are much older. So, you know, she would never dare say that about people who are obese. Let's go to Fox 5, Washington, D.C. Grocery stores could take months to restock. How about the new hashtag? Beer shelves Biden is the new nickname. This is, uh, yeah, fine. Yet again, and it could reportedly be months before they're stocked to normal levels. Industry insiders saying that the supply chain struggle is not a quick fix right now, and that's because of the labor shortages as well as inflation. Not a good combo. Fox 5's Tisha Lewis joining us live from Woodbridge, Virginia, with more on this. Tisha, I mean, everybody on Nextdoor and all of these platforms online, neighborhood platforms, they're sharing their pictures and talking about this. It's all over social media, Angie. You are absolutely correct. Many folks noticing this over the weekend when they did their grocery shopping. A far cry from the good old days. We're talking about empty shelves, empty produce, empty freezers, low-end produce, low-end fruits and vegetables. Now some grocery stores are turning to off-brands just to keep consumers and get consumers what they need. Now some of the hard-to-get items include beef. Pork, eggs, even maple syrup is what we're hearing from some folks that deal with supply chain management. This comes as the Omicron variant and coronavirus cases continue to rise, fueling a workforce shortage. We're told there's a shortage of truckers, a shortage of workers at the warehouses, plus fewer meat cutters, massive staffing challenges that have reignited supply chain struggles. Boy, what an annoying reporter that is. Who is she again? Yes, listen. Everything is like on an up. I I just it's such an annoying style of speaking. Who is? Let me hear her. Um, supply chain issue. Let me hear her again. Live from Woodbridge, Virginia, with more on this. Tisha, I mean. Every- Everybody on Nextdoor and all of these platforms, online neighborhood platforms, they're sharing their pictures and talking about this. It's all over social media, Angie. You are absolutely correct. Many folks noticing this over the weekend when they did their grocery shopping. A far cry from the good old days. We're talking about good old days. What are you talking about? Who talks that way? All right, folks, I want to get to um, 
let's see, the situation in North Kingstown with Pork Boy, from what we understand, is just neck deep in this whole thing. Um, how about the producer? Pork Boy's producer asking Dr. Scott, how come you're not closing restaurants and basketball games? Boy, I'm sure PC and URI was thrilled to hear that. Well, what kind of question is that? Listen, then, then don't go out. How about, I also like this story in Central Falls. Central Falls employer uses sign with profanity to catch attention of job seekers. Do you hear about this? So, a uh, packaging and more. And they advertise that they're the best, but they write it out, blanking place to work. Tony Fonseca, co-owner, says, I need workers. Everybody's doing the same thing. So he has a sign out front and says, packaging and more, best blanking place to work. Warehouse, Monday through Friday, 7 to 5. Benefits, office, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Benefits, apply within. Let me hear the piece on this guy. And he claims, listen, if you you have a problem with the language, then you don't belong working here in the first place. So he's saying this is the best blanking place to work. And you can figure out, I think, with what the blank is. But he's got it written out on the sign. All right, this is the piece on uh, NBC10. He's getting a lot of attention for an effort to attract new employees with this sign you just saw. But it's not the pay or the perks that's catching people by surprise. Here's the night team's Tyler Dumont. This is the sign. Yeah. This is the batter that holds the sign. If you're surprised by Tony Fonseca's language, that's exactly what he wants. I need workers. Everybody's doing the same thing. Uh, We're going to do something different. On Tuesday, Fonseca and his brother put out this sign in front of their Central Falls business, packaging and more. Or, as their sign states, the best expletive place to work. It's already catching lots of looks. I don't feel like it's extreme. I feel like I have to do something to get people's attention. Fonseca admits his company may be one most Rhode Islanders don't even know exists, but they distribute to a list of popular local businesses in the food and hospitality sector, delivering items like cups, napkins, and bakery boxes. Right now, packaging and more has 17 full-time employees. Fonseca wants to hire at least five more, but says it's been a challenge. We've tried every website you can imagine. And we also have job services through the city of Central Falls that have not worked this time around. We have a need for staff in the office. We have a need for drivers. We have a need for warehouse order pickers. We have a need for salespeople. During the pandemic, Fonseca says the company has had no layoffs and business has actually grown. He would not offer specifics on hourly salary rates, but claims the company pays more than others in the industry and everybody works the day shift Monday through Friday. So I'm a prospective employee. Why should I want to work for you? We've always focused on four things for our employees. Their wages, their health care coverage, their retirement benefits, and their overall quality of life. We want people to enjoy their families at night, get to their kids' baseball games. We want people to enjoy their family on the weekends. They will enjoy some perks at work, too. Like the cold brew coffee on tap in their new break room. As for that sign outside, stained with an expletive, Fonseca says it will remain up until its openings are filled. Some people could be offended by it. Are you concerned about that? If someone is offended by it, then they probably wouldn't enjoy working here in the first place. In Central Falls, Tyler Dumont, NBC 10 News 19. He should have put the the four reasons are. Listen, I don't need four reasons. It's the best blank in place to work. That's different. Hey, CF, they need the revenue. That's why when they were going to close the Wyatt Detention Center, or I should say when, um, when they were threatening to close it, you know, it, at least people in Central Falls were saying, you, you don't understand, that's, that's a, the Wyatt Detention Center is basically like keeping Central Falls afloat. Can't get rid of that. All right, I want to find um, one more time the uh, Channel 12 did a piece on the. All right, so this is before I, I was going to play the, um, the the naked fat test. But let me, Peter Narona, we're going to achieve justice. That's an interesting quote regarding poor little Olivia that was uh, killed. And her family's going to have a protest. I think it's next Saturday.
I'll give people plenty of notice. Yeah, it's a week from Saturday. Um, let me play. This is uh, Attorney General Pino Narona. Topic of sentencing for habitual offenders in the spotlight. Today on 12 News at 4, Attorney General Pino Narona spoke about the legal tools available to hold criminals accountable. 12 News reporter Kim Kalunian joins us now with what he had to say. Kim? Well, should the men accused of causing two deadly crashes on New Year's have been behind bars instead of behind the wheel? Attorney General Peter Narona says, unfortunately, with the justice system, it is all about timing. Two men charged after two New Year's crashes. 42-year-old Gregory Miller accused of causing a wreck in Lincoln that killed his fiance, Manleo Merez Albizu. And 30-year-old Aramis Segura charged in the deadly crash that claimed the life of 17-year-old Olivia Passaretti. Both men had lengthy criminal histories, according to court records. You know, the reality is, is that people cycle through the ACI. They're in and out. There are 21,000 people on probation uh, today in the state wow. of Ohio. If we all had a crystal ball, if judges had a crystal ball, all the prosecutors had one, you know, uh, we'd be in a much better place. We don't have that option. Attorney General Peter Narona is now facing calls to evoke a sentencing enhancement for habitual offenders. The difficulty in at least one of these cases, the one involving Olivia Passaretti, is that that was not available to us in this case. The time to have filed that would have been in 2018, um, before you know my administration took over. So the situation that we were in uh, when we took office is, here's where we are. We have this case now. We're going to achieve justice. For Olivia's parents, justice means upgraded charges for the man accused of killing their daughter. My daughter was murdered. My daughter was murdered by this animal. We asked Nerona if a murder charge was in the realm of possibility. Obviously, murder is an intentional act, a specific intentional act. And so we, we need to know a lot more about how this incident unfolded, this crash unfolded, to be able to make the kind of legal determinations that we need to make, and we have time to do that. You know, the reality, Kim, is that there's a tremendous number of driving death cases and serious spinal injury cases that happened in Rhode Island. In the last five years, there have been 522 of them. 89 have resulted in deaths. And behind those 89 deaths is a family. That's why we take these cases so seriously. And Segura is currently being held without bail. Miller's bail was set at $50,000. In the newsroom, I'm Kim Kalunian, 12 News. Well, as you heard, one of them was a, um, I think it was his first time. That was the guy that fled from the scene after he was behind the wheel of the crash that killed his fiance. Um, As far as, we're going to let this play out. We're going to let this play out. This this may be, and, and again, tomorrow, folks, good afternoon at 1.40 on this Wednesday, it's January 12th. Um, we'll let this play out. I think Attorney General Nero- Peter Nerona saying, you know, maybe going forward or something to tighten the laws. But as it stands now, tomorrow we'll have on our legal analyst, um, Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd. And there's, there's several different facets of this. One of this, the things seems to be under the law. Now, listen, it's it's judges that make the decisions. There's a lot of heat on this. Should be. People are very upset and emotional about this. They should be, have a right to be. But like all cases, time starts to go by and then emotions kind of simmer down and how much time is this individual really going to get now i i don't believe there's going to be a trial here most of the time and in this case they unless it's something really unreasonable that they're trying to hit the defendant with they they would be some kind of a plea agreement and then he he would accept it other than if for some reason you know, if the charges are so heavy, the individual, in this case, the defendant, the driver, Segura, they, they feel like, oh, well, I might as well roll the dice because, like, this is, you know, ridiculous. Maybe, maybe I get a mistrial or maybe I'm not guilty on certain things, whatever it may be. Um, <clears throat> there's not a lot of justice in our criminal defense system. Number one. While I was at the I was at the courthouse. I was at I was in the courtroom and at the courthouse 
when they brought in this Segura for his first court appearance and bail hearing. And as we were, I think I was going out or going in, I don't remember. But anyhow, right there was Lincoln State Senator Stephen Archambault. He was right there in the hallway. And before they brought in Segura, it was one drunk driving case or refusal of the breath of life, one right after another. And I didn't see Archambault inside the courtroom, but a lot of the attorneys are outside the courtroom with their with their clients that they're representing. But the reason I mention Lincoln State Senator Stephen Archibald is he was the one that was advertising on his website. He's an attorney, obviously, but he's also a state senator. He wrote the law on DUI, meaning translate, listen, if anyone could get you off, it's the guy that wrote the law about it. So, I mean, that should alarm you. And people wonder, you know, folks, you have to look at who's making these laws. You know, people ask me, why don't they pass law that they have term limits in the state, that the state has term limits? And I'm in favor of that. There's no, there's no reason for these people to be up there as long as they're up there. It's a, it becomes a fiefdom. They use it to enable their income. And most of the time, not all the time, most of the time it's, it's attorneys. But the answer to that question is, well, it's because the people that make the laws won't pass that type of law. They're not going to do that. That's their livelihood. You know, there's there's 1,000, I don't know if that many, but attorneys in Rhode Island. But then, you know, they they become fiefdoms in their own little cities and towns. So there's there's one rep. If you want to get something done in the town of West Warwick, you have to go to that person. Or he'll block it. You get shaken down. Same thing, you know, Johnston has the same thing. I mean, all these different places. They, of course they should be term limits. Um, state Senate, it doesn't matter because it's two years. Same thing with the House. I don't know. You get to be up there for eight years, four terms, start to finish. That's it. Give somebody else a chance. It weeds out the corruption. It gets new blood in there. It was never designed to have these people. And, and by the way, same thing for Washington's worse. How about the latest report that came out that shows Langevin? Jim Langevin has made a fortune on inside information. Now, he does have a challenger. I was very surprised I have not received a press release from his challenger. The man, he was a rep in Cranston. Uh, Bob Lancia. Um, I would think that's something that you put out to the press. Um, I try to tell people when you're running for office, like set a goal of like once a week when you when your opponent is in the news. Send out a press release and maybe the media will include some clips or comments from you when they're doing the story on it. It's worth a shot. Um, instead of a flurry of them at the very end. It's going to be like a drumbeat. I know that Congressman Cicilline has some challenges. Um, I would advise them to do the same. Folks, right now at 1.45 on this uh, chilly Wednesday, this portion of the program is brought by It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in and see Marie. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality and integrity. Local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. Hemp and CBD products and more. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland in that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health because it's your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Folks, as always, visit the website, petro.com. We have unique stories. We have unique videos. It is turning into a nice day. It's uh, much more mild than it was on Monday, and it is a nice day. This is, you know, today's a nice day to call Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call, call Pat Elston, 401 401- 
474-5253. There's a link on the website to Petro.com. She is terrific. And if you've done business with her in the past, maybe she helped you buy your first home. Maybe she helped you sell a piece of property. Give her a call. Say, hey, Happy New Year, Pat Elston, 401-474-5253. I just received an email from Ed saying, Dear Juan, I've been listening to the program. And my son called me and said his heating system is on the fritz at his house and it's very cold there. I heard you give the number of a heating company. Would you be so kind as to repeat that? I'd be happy to. Tell Ed, tell your son to call Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. And yes, they can mention the John DePietro Show. It's Coogie, 401-732-6562. Coogan Heating, 24-hour emergency service. Tell your son not to freeze. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Look for them on Facebook. And then the website is recooganheating.com. Well, folks, right now it is uh, 147. And I um, <clears throat> I did get, uh, let's see. I did get an email from someone asking me about the North Kingstown, yeah, um, the the coach, the basketball coach with the fat test. It was updated. Um, let's see. Former students said the coach. Well, listen, I'll ju- I'll just tell you what what's odd about it. But he had them strip naked so he could test the fat near their genitals. Um, so now it's up to five. Five former students who say they were subjected to naked fat tests filed a complaint with the U.S. Attorney's Office. So now I got the FBI involved, saying the school ignored this, his conduct for years. And this attorney, Timothy Conlon, this guy's the real deal, alleges that North Kingstown ignored the misconduct, failed to report him, the Department of uh, DCYF installed in reporting him to the Department of Education, allowing him to continue to to do what he was doing. For over 20 years, they allowed him to remain in that position, groom students into the widespread acceptance of his practices, portraying the fat tests and various other practices involved naked inspection and touching of children. Very, He claimed it was very useful athletic evaluation, even though no one will come forward. And uh, back that up. Let me see. This is um, part of, let's see, part of the complaint. Um, Sex abuse. Uh, How about that 9.6% of students experience some kind of sexually inappropriate talk or conduct from educators from kindergarten and through high school? That's interesting. Um, I'm just skimming through how many pages is this? Okay, this was a a complaint that was filed. We're checking the areas, this whole business that it was more accurate that way. Um, what what is uh, a superintendent was made aware of these issues by the former student in 2018. I, I it is beyond me that that guy is still the superintendent. And, you know, this also comes into play, the whole thing of he'd get them alone, targeted children. He knew would be asked, shy and not shy, completely undressed. Phony fat tests. That's what they're now calling it. Phony fat tests. Poking, prodding. Um, what, what is odd and as I've said, is just you do have a member of the media. Oh, by the way, as I think of it, he's also a columnist. He is a columnist in northern Rhode Island. Why doesn't he write about his friend Coach Thomas? I think that would be a good column. Why doesn't he use his column in the Valley Breeze to defend the coach? Because on his radio show, he laughed it off. And said if him and his friends had had to do it, they would have laughed. He also went on to say that he's very, very comfortable with naked men in locker rooms. So I don't believe he's written about it, though. Boy, that would be a good column for the uh, 
for the Valley Breeze, right? How about that for a headline? Here's why I'm defending the naked fat test. You know, it's one thing. If you, if you want to defend it, then have at it. Then go right ahead and put up a defense. But when this guy is emailing students from his personal email, not his school email, not his I'm a teacher basketball coach, private email, little odd. Why is there a hard drive missing? What would be on that computer hard drive? Many of the students that were being naked fat test, even though now they're basically saying it was a phony naked fat test, they thought they were being filmed. Was he watching it after he would film them for gratification? Certainly could be the case. Um, where NK is in trouble. It's just North Kingstown is it's just not doing anything. Uh, this and they they did they this is they're going to pay and they're going to pay big time. But I think that would be um, very helpful. Why not? Why not have Mr. Pork defend his friend? In his column. Why not do that? That would certainly get people talking. Um, let me just check. Let's see. I don't think he's written about it. Um, Dog Park. Opinion. Oh, no. He writes about Antonio Brown. Boy, that there's a big column. Pawtucket hitting home run with Unified High School. Omicron has something to say about normalcy. With roads, maybe we can finally fix the obvious stuff. Time to declare job done on healthcare vaccinations. If you fear pornographic book, maybe don't scream its content. Huh. Well, there he is. I am on their website of the breeze. And for some reason, he doesn't write. Anything about his friend in North Kingstown. Very, very interesting. Why not be consistent? Hey, listen, I like someone that can make a compelling argument. I'll give you mine. Not one individual has come forward to defend this guy. Not not one, nor can the coach or his allies, nor can they... Um. Did they take down the other story they had? There was another story they had about the naked fat test, and now I... Oh, no, no, they did not. Okay. Um, Yeah, this is getting worse, not better. The fact. Why not write this this Boston Globe story where you have a grown man, Coach Thomas. He's the coach of the basketball team. I'm reading directly from the Boston Globe story. And if we're to... Believe what is being reported in sworn affidavits. Not only was he having 14-year-old boys get naked, fully naked, in a closet with him. But then he would make them get into what is described in the Globe story as S-E-X positions. So I'm suggesting, you know, I've never done this before. My suggestion for the very uh, well-run, circulated Valley Breeze is have their columnist, Mr. Port, have him write a column where he defends his pal, the coach of North Kingstown, and put into words what he has said verbally, which was he laughed it off. He tried to say people that are upset about this are unfamiliar with nakedness among men in the locker room. Um, I believe that was the gist of it. And it was back in the fall when the story hit. I want to say October. Could have been November, but I think it was October. But anyhow, put put that into words. And then it it goes on where he was saying, oh, we would have laughed. Hey, did you have to take that naked? Yeah, not. It's not a big deal. 
Uh, some of the other lines, well, there's nothing illegal about it. Some of that stuff, well, you know. Number one, I, I don't understand the whole defense. This isn't like arguing that Brian Flores deserves more time as coach of the Dolphins. This isn't arguing that, you know, for instance, today, I noticed some reporters are saying, I can't believe certain reporters putting on social media. I can't believe Coach Belichick is having the Patriots practice outside today. It's cold out. That's that. Both of those statements are true. Coach Belichick is having the Patriots practice outside, and it is cold out. My question would be, what do you think the conditions are going to be Saturday night in Buffalo? <laughs> now, there's a reason why he is having them practice outside, is to try to prepare them so they're not, you know, every time Miami would come up and have to play in the cold in New England, they couldn't. That's why the Dolphins would always, you know, fold late in the season. is because they would lose all their games in the Northeast. Um, so my point is, it's, it's not that, right? No one's arguing coaching strategy, um, you know, wrestling coach has everyone doing push-ups and sit-ups and really giving them a good, good workout. It's not like that. This is, at the very least, I'll say this about both Porkboy and uh, the coach in North Kingston. And, and I think that, you know, the media has been very open to this, by the way. But I'll say this. If, if he had, <clears throat> this is important. And again, folks, good afternoon at 158. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I would argue that if either Coach Thomas or his pal columnist, Dan Pork, if they had, there it is. We found it. This is how he learned how to do them. And there it is on page 10. Dr. So-and-so, whoever wrote the manual, it says right there clearly the best way to achieve results is to have the athlete naked. There it is. In black and white, that's what he was basing it on. Now, if that's wrong, at least now we know. They, since this has been going on since October, October, completely have not provided that. And if they haven't provided that, it certainly lends credence to maybe because it doesn't exist. Perhaps the reason they don't have that is that was kind of the... He, you know, stepped up to the line and called an audible and said, uh, yeah, you also need to remove uh, your underwear. (laughs) And the kid did it. All right, folks, listen, it's 159. It's John DePietro. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program. We're back tomorrow at 11. But stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. WNRI Winsocket.